0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We podcast a Bible study each Sunday morning, and that's for people who want to be in God's word. They wanna know what it says, but they cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. For various reasons. Some of them are handicapped physically or health-wise or have scheduling problems, but uh, many people listen in other parts of the country and literally around the world. And obviously, because of their location, they cannot be with us in person, but they want to be in God's Word. So we're thankful, and we give God the glory and the praise and the honor for blessing us to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through this vast medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful that you're there and we're thankful that we're here to share God's word with you. Now, want to encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help people in your life come to fuller faith because faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So as you help them get into God's word by sharing these studies, you can help them grow in their faith in God and in Christ. And you may even help them get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, obviously, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing today. And also tell them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. And when they sign up for our podcasting, and it's free, it always will be free, when they sign up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device Sunday morning Bible class, Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures and a short Bible study every single day of the week, seven days a week, usually only about 13 or 14 minutes long, but it keeps us in God's word. And again, that's crucial for the strengthening of our faith. We call that short Bible study every day, today's Bible class. So tell everybody and take advantage of it yourself as well. We're going to get back into our study of the book of judges and we're in chapter 20. So we're getting very very close to the end of this particular Old Testament book from God's word. Now we've already covered quite a number of these early books in the Old Testament. We've looked at at uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and now we're almost finished with the book of Judges. Now as we left as I left you last time, we came to a point where and, and I said this is really a stark chapter coming up, chapter twenty, because it covers a a period of Israel's history that maybe most people really don't realize happened took place. We we read about the Levite, who he had a concubine, and we talked about what that means. You know, basically. Uh, Virtually a wife, but not quite a full-fledged wife. But it was, a restrict, it, was a, it, it was a respected relationship. And so basically, it was like she was taking the role of his wife. But again, not quite to that point of full marriage and fully being that married couple. But she, whatever the reason, she ran away. He went to her father's house, basically, you know, tracked her down, found her, and made amends with her, and she made amends with him. and so after a period of time, he was on his way to bring her back. It was a long journey, and so they stopped along the way in a particular town within the nation of Benja- within the tribe of Benjamin, or the, the inheritance that that tribe received within the land of Israel and um, during the night you know the 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 house in which they were staying the master of that house um, he was taking care of them feeding them giving them lodging and not charging them anything taking care of their their animals and and also the servant who had been with them and and then some men of the city or the town came and they found out that there was this man here in this house and and so they wanted the owner of the house to send him out and they were going to abuse him sexually now, this would have been you know obviously a you know a homosexual relationship they were going to have they're going to abuse him sexually against his will and so the owner of the house said no don't do such a thing and he offered his own daughter a virgin to them and do with them do with her what you will uh, again we're talking about vastly different cultural mindset in that culture of that day, in that part of the world, compared to what we have in our cultural mindset of women today in our nation. But anyway, the men said, nope, we don't want her, we want that man. And so he, he still refused, and, and ultimately the Levite gave, gave them his concubine. And they abused her. Basically, what we understand is they raped her to death. The next morning, she was dead. The Levite took her, put her on one of his animals, brought her back to to his home, and then he dismembered her. But not, again, that, that to us, that is just... Crazy. I mean, you, you you think that what is that? Is that demonic? Is that is that you know an expression of horrible evil? But that was not his motivation behind doing that. His motivation was he sent all of the different parts. Well, he, he dismembered her into twelve parts, and, and he, dis, he sent each each uh, one part to each of the twelve tribes, to each of their areas of the land of Israel that they had inherited. And he said, this is what they did to this woman, to my concubine in Benjamin. Well, um, now obviously he did not send one to Benjamin, but remember, Ephraim and Manasseh were two half-tribes. So he sent, you know, throughout throughout the nation. Now, chapter 20, we read the response of the nation of Israel to what these men of Benjamin did and it is it is stark uh, you talk about <laughs> profound you might think how could they do that but in their mind they were trying to cleanse the land basically of the horrible horrible evil that these men had done now we think about the tribe of benjamin from history and we think Well, that was the smallest tribe among all of Israel. I'm not sure it was always the smallest tribe, but after chapter 20, it became (laughs) hands down the smallest tribe because of what was done. So let's pick up with verse 1 of chapter 20. So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, from the north to the south, as well as... From the land of Gilead, and the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. Now, if we go back to the very end of chapter nineteen, we we see that that their indignation, their shock, had been aroused, and so if we go back, um, well, let me go back here. We go back to verse 28. He said to her, get up and let us be going. Now, this is the, the, the Levite. He takes, he ta- He's ready to take the, his concubine and go back home, but she's dead. There was no answer. So the man lifted her onto the donkey, and the man got up and went to his place. When he entered his house, he took a knife and laid hold of his concubine and divided her into 12 pieces, limb by limb, and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And so it was that all who saw it said, no such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, confer, and speak up. So as divided as the nation, I think, rightly speaking, had become, at least they did not seem to exhibit that, that sense of, of being one, you know, from maybe the best way we could, could put it would be a nationality. Uh, but here, they're coming together. And so chapter 20, beginning with verse 1, so all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba as well as from the land of Gilead, and the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. Now they're united on this action, on this response. And the leaders of all the people, all the tribes of Israel, presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 foot soldiers who drew the sword. My, 400,000 warriors. Now, the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. Then the children of Israel said, tell us, how did this wicked deed happen? So the Levite, the husband of the woman, again, not full-fledged marriage when you're talking about having a concubine, but it was basically like having a wife, basically, you know, like being husband and wife. And here, the text refers to him as her husband. So the husband of the woman who was murdered answered and said, My concubine and I went into Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, to spend the night. Now again, they're on their way back home. They're traveling. They go into what should have been a friendly city. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house at night because of me. They intended to kill me, but instead they ravished my concubine so that she died. So I took hold of my concubine, cut her in pieces, and sent her throughout all the territory of the inheritance of Israel, in other words, to all the tribal inheritances, because they committed lewdness and outrage in Israel. Look, all of you are children of Israel. Give your advice and counsel here and now. So what do you all say? So all the people arose as one man, saying, none of us will go to his tent, nor will any turn back to his house. But now this is the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot. We will take 10 men out of every hundred throughout all the tribes of Israel, a hundred out of every thousand, and a thousand out of every 10,000 to make provisions for the people that when they come to Gibeah in Benjamin, they may repay all the vileness that they have done in Israel. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united together as one man. Now, you talk about a massive army, and it's the, an army of, of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin's own countrymen, and yet they've come, they've come to bring retribution Justice, judgment upon the tribe of Benjamin. Verse 11, so all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united together as one man. Then the tribes of Israel sent men through all the tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has occurred among you? Now therefore deliver up the men, the perverted men who are in Gibeah, that we may put them to death and remove the evil from Israel. Now they were calling for the deliverance of these evil men they they sent they sent messengers throughout the tribe of benjamin turn these men over to us so we can execute them and remove this evil from the nation from the from the people but the children of benjamin would not listen to the voice of their brethren the children of israel now you might wonder why 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 would the the people of benjamin not turned these men over. They had done a horrible act and yet now what was it? Maybe pride? I, I, I don't know. Could it be pride? All of the rescue tribes are coming to us and you want us, you want us to turn these men over to you so you can bring judgment upon them, so you can put, execute them, put them to death? Why should we give them to you? Anyway, they, whatever the reason was, could it have been that this kind of mindset and behavior of, of such evil could have been kind of permeated throughout the tribe of Benjamin, at least to a great extent? And they didn't want to recognize openly that kind of evil among them? I, I, I don't know. We're just left to wonder. Verse 14 says, instead, the children of Benjamin... Gathered together from their cities to Gibeah to do battle against the children of Israel. So here, here is here are all the rest of the nation's warriors coming against Benjamin, particularly the, the city of Gibeah. And instead of the you you would think there should have been at least elders among the tribe of Benjamin who, who could have given wise counsel and said, what these men of Gibeah did to this woman and wanted to do to this man, her husband, that's evil. That's ungodly. Yes, turn them over to the rest of of the nation so they can be judged and executed. But instead, they gather around these men. They gather around the city of Gibeah. Verse 15. So, the fighting men of Benjamin are going to take on the fighting men of all of the rest of the tribes. Now you can figure out what ultimately is going to be the consequence. And from their cities, and at that time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword, besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who numbered 700 select men. So 26,700 they're going to do battle against 400,000. It's a little bit of a mismatch, don't you think? Verse 16, among all this people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair's breadth and not miss. Now, besides Benjamin, the men of Israel numbered 400,000 men who drew the sword. All of these were men of war. So they were skilled warriors. You could say skilled soldiers. Now, it sounds like the warriors from Benjamin might have been something of an upper echelon of skilled warriors. But still, that does not take away from the fact that they were going up against 400,000 men who were men of war. They knew what they were doing when they took their sword. Then the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God to inquire of God. And this is where they really showed some wisdom. And they showed respect for God. Now, they had problems with faithfulness to God throughout Israel. But here, they showed respect for God and faithfulness in, 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 you know, in him. They said, which of us shall go up first to battle against the children of Benjamin? The Lord said, Judah first. So the children of Israel rose in the morning and encamped against Gibeah. And the men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. And the men of Israel put themselves in battle array to fight against them at Gibeah. Then the children of Benjamin came out of Gibeah, and on that day cut down and ground cut down to the ground twenty two thousand men of the Israelites. And the people, that is, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves, again formed the battle line at the place where they had put themselves in array on the first day. Then the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I again draw near for battle against the children of my brother Benjamin? And the Lord said, Go up against them. And the children of Israel approached the children of Benjamin on the second day. And Benjamin went out against them from Gibeah on the second day and cut down to the ground 18,000 more of the children of Israel. All these drew the sword. Then all the children of Israel, that is, all the people, went up and came to the house of God and wept. They sat there before the Lord and and fasted that day until evening, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Now Again, they're showing continual respect for God. They're asking his wisdom. Verse 27, So the children of Israel inquired of the Lord. The ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, stood before before it in those days, saying, shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? The Lord said, go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hand. Now, God has not given them an easy war to fight here, two days of battle, two days of battle, they've already lost tens of thousands of men, but certainly it must have taken a toll on, on the Benjamites as well. And here God says on this third day, go up. I will deliver them into your hand. Then Israel set men in ambush all around Gibeah. And the children of Israel went up against the children of Benjamin on the third day and put themselves in battle array against Gibeah as at the other times. So the children of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. They began to strike down and kill some of the people as at the other times in the highways, one of one of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah. And in the field, about 30 men of Israel. And the children of Benjamin said, they are defeated before us as at first. But the children of Israel said, Let us flee and draw them away from the city to the highways. So all the men of Israel rose from their place and put themselves in battle array at Baal Tamar. Then Israel, then Israel's men in ambush burst forth from their position in the plain of Geba and 10,000 select men from all Israel came against Gibeah and the battle was fierce. But the Benjamites did not know that disaster was upon them. And so this time the warriors from the rest of the tribes of Israel, they, they set out, they, they set a, a different battle tactic and they drew the Benjamite warriors away from the city and then they had 10,000 select men waiting in ambush and so they sprung the trap, basically. Now still, the, the, the war is from Benjamin did not realize, you know, that they were in this trap and that they were about to be basically annihilated. So 10,000 select men from all Israel came against Gibeah and the battle was fierce, but the Benjamites did not know that disaster was upon them. The Lord defeated Benjamin before Israel and the children of Israel destroyed that day twenty-five thousand one hundred Benjamites. All these drew the sword. Now remember how many how many Benjamite warriors were there to begin with? How many? <laughs> Twenty-six thousand seven hundred. Twenty-six thousand seven hundred. And so. On this one day of battle, they lost how many of that 26,700? They lost 25,100. Now that leaves 600 Benjamite warriors still alive. Verse 36, so all the children of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. The men of Israel had given ground to the Benjamites because they relied on the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah. And the men in ambush quickly rushed upon Gibeah. The men in ambush spread out and struck the whole city with the edge of the sword. Now the appointed signal between the men of Israel and the men in ambush was that they would make a great cloud of smoke rise up from the city, whereupon the men of Israel would turn in battle. Now Benjamin. Had, been, had begun to strike and kill about 30 of the men of Israel for they said, surely they are defeated before us as in the first battle. But when the cloud began to rise from the city in a, in a column of smoke, the Benjamites looked behind them and there was the whole city going up in smoke to heaven. They recognized the city is on fire. We're losing the city. And when the men of Israel turned back the men of Benjamin panicked, for they saw that disaster had come upon them. In other words, again, the trap was sprung, and they were caught, off guard. Therefore they turned their backs before the men of Israel in the direction of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, and whoever came out of the cities they destroyed in their midst. They surrounded the Benjamites, chased them, and easily trampled them down as far as the front of Gibeah toward the east, and 18,000 men of Benjamin fell. All these were men of valor. Then they turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Riman, and they cut down 5,000 of them in the highways. Now that's 23,000. Then they pursued them relentlessly upon, uh, up to, uh, to Giram and killed 2,000 of them, 25,000 men of Benjamin slain in battle. So all who fell of Benjamin that day were 25,000 men who drew the sword. All these were men of valor. But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Raman and They stayed at the Rock of Ramon for four months. And the men of Israel turned back against the children of Benjamin and struck them down with the edge of the sword from every city. Men and beasts, all who were found, they also set fire to all the cities they came to. Now, so they are basically wiping out, wiping out the Benjamites the tribe of Benjamin, in judgment and in punishment. And they're, they're receiving from God, go do this because of the evil that the men of Gibeah had committed against this Levite and his concubine, particularly his concubine, but also against him because they wanted, they wanted to abuse him initially. And so God is using the warriors from the rest of the tribes of Israel to bring judgment upon the tribe of Benjamin. Now, after this war, basically, the tribe of Benjamin is the smallest tribe within Israel and will always be remembered that way through the Old Testament account. Evil is not okay. And when you just give a wink and a nod to evil that has been committed, you're actually supporting those who commit it, encouraging them because they're getting away with it. Now, it's significant again that it was not just the men of all the rest of the tribes of Israel who took it upon themselves to go into battle against the men of Benjamin. It was God who instructed them to do so. And he used them as an arm of judgment upon the men of Benjamin who stood up for evil. It is a stark chapter. I did not say a dark chapter, but I said a stark chapter. A tribe was almost wiped out. But what was the ultimate reason for that? Because they would not stand. They would not correct. They would not bring judgment upon evil men themselves within their tribe. We need to learn. We need to learn. God is good. The personification of goodness. God is totally righteous. And if we are to be followers of God, we cannot be living sinful lifestyles and claiming to be faithful to God. Heaven is real, and so is hell. Let's pray. Father, help us to learn that you sent your son to die to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, and that should not be taken lightly on our parts. And we should not be people who just forget about that. Our sin was what sent him to that cross because of your love for us. We need to put away evil from our lives and serve you and glorify you in our righteous lifestyles. Please forgive us of our sins, Father. Please be patient with us and guide us in your will. In Jesus' name, amen.